Summer Ray. Uh, we had a guest today, but you were just filming in. What's going on with you? How are a? Hey, how are you? And then uh, let us know what happened with our guest. Well, I'm I'm doing great, and uh, I'm hanging in there. the uh, The problem is is the weather in Calgary. It if you don't like the weather in Calgary, wait five minutes; it will change. And most assuredly, that's exactly what's kind of happened. And the nature of our guest's uh, work uh, required that he be called in immediately to work. And unfortunately, a uh, friend, my friend, uh, LJ Camponi, not able to uh, join us on this program as originally scheduled. However, LJ, uh, and he's busted up about it. And I tried to assure him over and over again, there will always be a spot for you here in the Storm Cellar. There is. He's uh, he's definitely excited to join us. So LJ will be back on another occasion. Yeah, and we, whether another and, and Calgary Caniac cannot be a bad thing. No, it, it's not. I, you know, uh, it's funny. I, I, I you always feel alone when you walk into the opposing team's barn and you're cheering for the Hurricanes here in Calgary. You feel like you're alone. But LJ is another really intelligent, smart, bright, great hockey fan, and he knows you know, where it's at and where it's at is in Carolina. So he's another great, great Kaniac. And he will be joining us in the very future, uh, very near future. So looking forward to that, LJ. Uh, don't sweat. Work safe, my friend. Work safe. Bring tacos. Now, <laughs> there you go. I, I got to tell you, heart here is, we go. Tacos. Yeah. You know, Brad? We're in, I mean, I'm feeling great. I'm doing well. Our hurricanes are not. And the environment around the NHL is changing quickly, as is usually the case around this time of year because of the trade deadlines. So let's, let's get into this. It, uh, if I recall correctly, and you uh, had mentioned that maybe I was off on this. We were talking before the program. This is the first time we are settling into a visit here in the Storm Cellar where the Hurricanes lost all three games that they were playing in between discussions. And this is where we find ourselves. Um, Dropped to Pittsburgh Sunday. Dropped on Thursday to the Leafs, which stung me in particular. And then dropping another one to Washington in overtime, which is, and, and it's funny because that third game, the loss to Washington, even though we lost to Washington, the Hurricanes still extended a bit of a streak that they have going on points at home, games with points at home. They're up to 14 now, almost to their record, which is 15 straight games with points at home which was done, oddly enough, in 2005-2006. So there's some really good vibes going there, considering what happened in 2005-2006. And oddly enough, the number three streak, the 12 straight home games, was in 2008-2009, another where we made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Final. So we've got some good things to feel about here with these types of streaks at home 
However, these were games that shouldn't have been lost. I look at the Leafs game, and any time you get a chance to play the Leafs, who have a rookie goaltender, and they're playing without Austin Matthews because of his suspension, that has to be a win, doesn't it? It really, it really does. So, so real quickly, we're lucky. This is only the second time all season that the Hurricanes have lost three in a row. Yeah. They lost three in a row uh, November 6th, 9th, and 12th. Florida, ah. Tampa Bay, and Philly. That's a long time ago. That is a long time, a long time ago. ago. Um, you're right. To lose to the Maple Leafs without Austin Matthews really is kind of a kick in the pants. And when I look at that game, what I keep coming back to is 0 for 3 on the power play. Mm. The Leafs got one, you know, one power play. RPK did what they have done consistently all year and killed it. But 0 for 3 on the power. And, and it, it's weird because I keep looking at the stats. And stats, these types of stats don't lie anyway. And the Hurricanes are still one of the best power play teams in the league. But every time I go back to look at a game, I'm, you know, it's 0 for 3. It's 1 for 4. It's 0 mm-hmm. for 2. It's uh, the Capitals, you know, 0 for 2 against the Capitals. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, I'm like, are we just are we just scoring power play goals against lesser teams in bunches? Because that's the only way that the math seems to work. And I haven't really looked at it closely, but you know, that the Maple Leafs game, I think you want to have back Um, that beautiful, that beautiful shot, Ethan bear of Vinny Trocek gets on the board for that one. Um, To me, the Maple Leafs loss is a lot harder to take than the Capitals loss. And if you think about it, that, 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 Bad angle shot from the Capitals. That that first goal. Yeah. That's just a fluke goal. That's I mean, that's 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 a good hockey goal, right? Throw it to the net and see what happens. Yeah. But that goes in what? One time out of 20, one time out of 40. One time out of 50, I think. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I mean, like I mean, that's just a fluke goal. Without that goal, you know, the hurricanes, you know, take the uh, you know, take that tilt. So well, and think about the think about the empty net uh, 30 seconds into the game. Yeah, the puck that goes off the stanchion that Nino blasted high and wide. And we'll talk more about Nino later about the Washington game because he missed that one point blank. Mm-hmm. And then he got into some other issues. And we'll talk about that later. The Leafs game, I was, you know, it's funny. The, I, I got the chirpers again because it was Anderson who took the loss. And there was this thought that, you know, hey, maybe if the Leafs can square up with the Hurricanes, this is our key to making it into the second round because we've got Anderson's number. Yeah, and, I'll keep thinking that. Well, keep thinking it. I mean, I, I, I'm happy to go to bat and, and the line with, with Anderson because he's been great. But there was just not enough of everything in that game. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, the young rookie goaltender who played shutout hockey, who wins his first game in a shutout against Dallas uh, two nights previous, and then comes in and shuts the door on the Canes for another two straight periods. And I'm like, holy cow, what's going on here, guys? Like, let's let's get to work. 
And when Austin, when you take a weapon like Austin Matthews, who right now a lot of people are arguing might be your your heart trophy winner. Um, and it's hard to argue. He's, I mean, he's got he's exceptionally talented. Um, you've got a Toronto defense that is woefully bad. <laughs> you know, like it's just they're not it's not a great defense that has been torturing them all season long. They were they have just not been in sync. And it's a clear uh worry for the squad and their fans. The D is not strong enough. They want to make moves, get some shore up their, you know, six amongst their six D, and they still worry about their goaltending. Now, can we expect uh can we expect a Calgren? Calgren? I I'm sure I'm mispronouncing his name. Um the Leafs can't really hope that a rookie goaltender is going to be the answer going into the playoffs. I mean, they just, some of the fans seem to think so. And that's, yeah, that's isn't that one of the problems with Toronto though, is uh, we talk about the pressure of playing in Toronto, but to be a goalie in Toronto, I think is just that much more pressure. Oh, and after those first five periods, like the fans are basically have already anointed this kid as the net, like, to bring this back to a Hurricanes perspective, they're basically saying, like, oh, this is our Cam Ward. We're going to ride this guy deep in the playoff. And it's like, it's two games. Yeah, it's, it's two, down. Yeah, it, it, it's two games. And it very well may be the case where he catches lightning in a bottle like Cam did, right? But he's not Felix Potvin or Cujo either. Like, you got to wait and let him be and grow and flourish on his own and that's an intense pressure intense spotlight so how we drop that game to them uh frustrating just really really frustrating to watch how that one played out um the the capitals game you're right Uh, i'm not as worried about that one um in so much as I mean, let's talk about the game itself. And there was a statement during the game, and no one likes to talk about uh, using the um, using the cliche that oh, this feels like playoff hockey in a regular season game. Some people don't like to use that, but that first period was as feisty and belligerent, and it was a true identifier of what type of uh, rivalry these two teams have with each other because they were going at it. There were some big, big hits, physical. Like it was, it was crazy. Now it cooled down in, in the second period. It started to be more just like the regular up and down the ice hockey that we're kind of used to, but it was like it was there were the first period was a harbinger of things to come it and really, the type it, of games we're going to expect. You mentioned Nino misses an open net right to start the game. And I had one of those kind of, uh, is this how this is going to end up kind of feelings? Yeah. It kind of was, right? Yep. Um, the first period, you're right. That's as close to playoff hockey as you're going to see in the regular season generally. 
-hmm. My comment was uh, Tom Wilson. There's great. There's a great gif of Tom Wilson trying to go up and hit Smith and just plan him. Oh, Smith kind of sidesteps in a little re reverse hit. And my comment was, I think Smith understands that there is a trade deadline coming very soon and that he needs to elevate. And I thought, especially for that first period, he really did. He was not out of position, but he was throwing the body and getting yeah. good checks on people, which is part of what you want to do. Um, we, to, I'm, I'm going to fast forward a little bit. You know, Washington gets just a garbage goal, but, you know, they don't ask how. They ask how many. Yeah. On that low angle shot. I mean, you know, that's something Ronta and any goalie in the league probably stops. You know, like I said earlier, like, you know, you know one in 40, one out of 50 times you make that maybe. You know, it's just a, a lucky break for, for the Capitals. But it was, it was a chippy enough game that, you know, Nino, I'm going to jump right to it. Yeah. He gets, he gets put into the Washington bench. They take his helmet. He takes offense to that, you know, Little little slap to the to the helmet there, which I honestly don't mind. I Nino is not normally a guy who makes bad decisions or who who I think takes those kinds of bad penalties. And I, I'm kind of glad he did. Like, oh, we might see you, you know, in a month, and, and I'm not here to play. Like, I'm I'm here, you know, I'm here yeah. to win. Like, I'm, this is what I'm gonna do. So Nino is gonna be sitting tonight, which is fine by me. I, I was kind of glad to see him do it. I I didn't have a problem with it at all. I, I think a game suspension was a little much, maybe. Now, it was a player on the bench, and that's the maybe the why I, I, I feel like it was warranted. But when you see the reason Matthews got two games for taking all of his weight and all of his power and just crushing a stick across somebody's neck. Dolling, dolling that's neck, two yeah. two games, Nino giving a guy a little love tap to the helmet you know, it, it's not like a full swing. I mean, his stick was like four inches from the guy's head already. It ain't, I mean, you know, yeah. if you've ever even played stick and puck, you've taken one of those. That ain't a big deal. So inconsistency in the league. I don't like it. Um, I'm not surprised he got a game. I'm okay with that. But um, for me, the other big story of the game is Seth Jarvis comes back. Oh. He's feeling healthy. The kid comes right out of the gate, you know, 517 the first, gets his first. You know, and then we're halfway through the second period. I'm sorry, actually, it was toward, uh, it was 1947 in the second period. Uh, and then we're on Seth Jarvis Hattie watch for the rest of the game, which yeah. didn't come to fruition. But, you know, the kid came to play. And I was really happy to see that uh, having been out for uh, a little injury time and then maybe having sat a couple of games and either make sure he's 100% or just because Rod didn't want to adjust the lineup that they, you know, yeah. no ill effects there. Like the kid came to play. Big, big, big uh, a game from him for me. So 30, 31 hits by the Capitals, 26 for the Canes. And I think about half of those were in the first period, as you said. Uh, very physical game. Over two on the power play. I mean, that's kind of your difference maker, uh, all things considered. So, you know, for, for having only 20 shots on goal versus the Capitals, 40, Ronta didn't have his best game. A couple of just funky kind of breaks. Those things are going to happen. Yeah, but across a seven-game series, I still feel good about Hurricanes Capitals. Oh, because, I, yeah, I you know, I do because, as well. We played very poorly and took them to the shootout. To, to the shootout, which we should. We, I didn't put it in the show notes, but we should talk about the shootout before we wrap up talking about games because. Oh boy! But you let's. I'll let you you talk so, about the game for a bit, and then we'll come back to to how it how it wrapped up. 
Sure. I, you know, Seth Jarvis, I was so excited for him, not only to be back into the game, but to immediately have impact. And the, the shot, the, the first goal shot, well, both, both of his goals were great, but, but man, that first one where he's cutting across the, into the slot and shooting it back against the direction he was going with that type of velocity and, and beat him. It was, it was a beautiful snipe. I, I loved it. And him being in front of the net for that second one. And he almost, he almost stuffed it. I mean, it was Samsonov almost, almost made the save like off the pad. It was just didn't quite get enough, but it was, it was good. So, Look and 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 set like the as far as the hit and Nino, I w- I was disappointed in the response, and <clears throat> the only reason why I say that is you knew that if you're going to get dumped into the opposing team's bench, you're going to not get out of there very easily. No one's helping you get out. No one's help, like no one's helping you. And you're going to get a shot. You're going to get whatever, right? And that's fine. You drag, and he was trying to drag his stick out. And the one, I can't remember which player it was, still had it kind of under his arm. And he was kind of holding on to it, right? So he's getting angrier as he's trying to pull the stick out. And he finally gets it out. And the first thing he does is he taps that guy on the face. the, The wrong guy, I might add. (laughs) <laughs> he, the wrong guy who who, who was it wasn't the, he, that made me laugh. I'll be honest. Yeah, well, he hit the wrong guy. It, it wasn't him. the The guy who got it upside the head there, uh, he wasn't the guy holding the stick. And he, the look on his face, he was kind of stunned. Like, what the, what the hell? I didn't do that anything. What? Yeah, you know, it's it's not me, right? But um, so it was it was frustrating. I I love it when guys like Trocheck chirp and beak at. Latang causing the penalty that draws the penalty, right? I always like to be on the one end where you're drawing it and not succumbing to the emotion that makes you do something silly that costs you. And this team is better with Nino in the lineup than they are without him. And we're up against another team in the Met that is coming in strong that you need all hands on deck for the Rangers are no slouches. Everyone talks about Shisterkin. I, you know, for me, it's, it's Creter that you have to worry about. You got to shut him down. Creter is big. And I mean, out of box. And these are all, you know, important games, right? The, right. The, and Shisterkin, the you mentioned the heart earlier. Shisterkin would be my heart vote right he, now. That- Without him, I don't know where the ranges are, but it ain't third in the Met. Yeah, yeah, he's he's his, his he's, goals above expected is Anderson. I think is second, and I think Shesterkin is like ten goals above Anderson. It's ridiculous, just miles and miles playing. and miles. Yeah, I mean it's 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 crazy. So to to lose Nino at this juncture, it hurts. And it's maybe a lesson learned. I, I'm not going to crucify him. 
it was, it just, was a, like you said, it was a dumb penalty. Because if you're in the opposing bench, things happen, and it's hockey that happens. Yeah, it was a dumb penalty. Uh, like I said, you know, I think we're a little bit on different sides of this. Other than he'll learn his lesson, he probably won't do it again, right? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> what that's certainly what you hope for. The the biggest thing I don't like about it is uh, with Martin Oak sidelined, we finally get second line KK. Yes. Right? So Rod f- completely revamps the lines. And, and and he changed them, you know, midway through the game, and and they weren't great. But seeing like Svech and KK together, I thought was a great look. Especially it gives uh uh Marty uh Nature somebody to skilled people to really work with and, yeah. and have opportunities with. And he's you know he's somebody we've been I've been down on some the last few weeks, and it's not that he's not a good talent. He's young. He's inexperienced. He needs to get consistent. Um, yeah. I keep dangling him out there's trade bait, not because I don't like him, because I think he isn't good, but quite the opposite. I think that he is good and he is going to develop. But would he be better elsewhere? Right? Um, and we can come back to this when we talk trades, but um, I thought the line shakeup benefited the team because I love Martin. He's an energy guy. But if he is your top six forward, I looked it up and, and I'll have to look on Twitter because I was going through and that second line for the last four weeks has produced seven points, five from Trojek, yeah, and a goal each from Natchez and Martin. Yeah, that's, that's not enough. If you want to win playoff series, that's not enough from your second line. Yeah, finding... unless one of your other lines is clicking at an incredible pace, which they're all doing fine, but they're not clicking at that kind of a, a pace. And when the yeah. playoffs come, your first line is going to get the hammer, right? Like, so their scoring is probably going to go down. Somebody has to pick it up. And a point in the last month from Natchez and Martinuk is not it. Yeah, the we, we've said this over and over again. It's secondary scoring. Secondary scoring that you need, you know, everyone expects their top line to be the point producers and stuff. But the really successful teams get points throughout the lineup. Throughout the lineup, everyone's finding a way to chip in here and there and, and getting the points so that uh and you're right you're like martinook i i love him his effort his energy when they he's put up on those lines the idea is that he's pre wreaking havoc on the d with his four check and trying to cause turnovers the Hurricanes are amazing. On They capitalize on a lot of the turnovers that they're able to produce result, have great results, like great results. So I understand that. The, the problem is he, he does, how do I put this? He does that no matter what lineup he's on, like no matter what line he's on. So if you, if you can get like a lot of uh, similarly skilled players to work with, you have a better uh, cohesiveness. You can get that chemistry going amongst the lines and uh, that's going to produce as as many goals as having an energy guy out of place thrown onto those other lines and having, uh, what did you think of the, uh, the AT and T line? to start with it was you know Aho, Teravinen, and Trocek, the number one line 
what was your take? What did you think? Um, I thought they played pretty well for the first little bit, especially given the type of high. The, the, the hard part for me was, so we, we have these big lines, you know, switch up. So the ATT line is out there. But now we're playing playoff hockey and not regular season hockey. Yeah. So I would like to see if, if, he, if he goes with that line today, I'd like to just take a little more time to evaluate what it looked like. Yeah. Just because right now we're comparing, you know, apples to bananas. Yeah. Because we had, you know, it, I work in IT. Like when you make a change to like a, a, a sensitive uh, server, you change one thing at a time so you know how it affects it. And in this game, there were two major changes. The style of hockey for the first period was completely different. Yeah. And the line change. So I don't know, you know, exactly how I feel just about the line change other than I, I thought they did a good job. I mean, you know, the, there the was first... the sh- go ahead. There was sorry. There was the shock of having Aho moved out of center, who who and who had not played wing since his first season. And that, and that's really where he was drafted on the wing. Like that's where he was drafted out of. I I thought this is interesting. I wasn't down on it, and I wondered. What I, I I was more happy that KK was getting into the center position with the move. Same. Same. That was like, to me. To me, the second line mix-up is the more important of the two lines. Yeah. Because I mean, Aho happened to be hold scoreless for that game, um, but you know, uh, Teravinen as well, which is unusual for those guys. Very unusual. But I think part of that was that energy coming out from the Capitals, and it was going to end up being a really tight, hard, physical kind of game. Mm-hmm. But I also don't worry about Ajo and Teravinen. You, you can put, you can call them, you can put, you know, put D's in front of both their names and say they're defensemen. If they're on the ice together, I mean, they how connect. many times have we seen those, those guys know what they're doing? I'm not worried about them. Yeah, no, no, so to me, to me, the second line being able to come out uh, and and try and get something done was more important to me. Uh, And they had they had opportunities. Like there's there's no doubt they had opportunities. So they had some great chances, and uh, there was physicality too. I noticed, especially that that second line, Svech doesn't mind getting physical, big hits, being aggressive, and stuff like that. KK laid out. uh, Wilson on that one hit, he just just hammered him. Um, they played, they played, they played really well together. It was really, I thought it was impressive. And in one of those games where, uh, I think you hit, hit the nail on the head. This is an experiment that I'd like to see played out over maybe two, maybe even three games. Really mm-hmm. get a look at what you've got there and and now is the time to figure it out we know that as far as the playoffs go the canes are in and moreover there's really no one else in the east like the top eight teams right now are the ones that will be in the playoffs they're just going to be shifting around in position right but they're all going to be in the playoffs once the playoff starts, everything, I mean, aside from having home ice advantage, everything's up in the air. And especially in the NHL, where number eight teams can go straight through to the Stanley Cup and win it all. We've seen it. So, yeah, and let's find out what we've 
what we've got and what the assessment is. And I think part of this had to do with what kind of talent do we have and what kind of mixes can we make in our lines with the players we have right now? And is this going to work or do we need to bring someone in? Which brings us to the trade million dollar question. And in the fan, the fan base I interact with daily, and I don't know how it is um, with, you know, I, I'm on Twitter a lot. I don't think you are as much, but I, I, it seems to be very split to make yeah. a move or not. Um, so some of the big ones, and feel free, Ray, to jump in if there's any specific ones you want to jump into. Uh, you know, Geruda, Florida, um, for, oh, huge. for, you know, I mean, the Florida's not, you know, somebody said, oh, Florida, you know, they're like Tampa Bay. They're not going to have a first round pick for, you know, two or three years now. I said, yeah, but Tampa got two cups from that. That's yep. a trade I'm willing to make. hundred percent. Right? Um, and Florida already was the highest scoring offense in the league. 254 goals maybe on the year, like a plus 74 goal differential. I mean, Florida is better than they were. Um, the Bruins, funny enough, uh, a pickup um, with um, Lindholm, and I, I don't. I, I guess I don't the, understand that. Um, the, the the Bruins are in wild card one. Yeah, but I don't think they can pick up enough firepower or defensive you know prowess. To, to make an honest cup run like you know this might be let's get to a second playoff series because you're going to make about a million bucks a game once the playoffs hits um so for folks who don't know you know because there's no salary cap in the playoffs because there are no salaries in the playoffs as right. i recall correctly which means if you can fill that barn that's all profit for the owner so getting into a second or third round is a lot of money if you go to a you know a five or six or seven game series right um with the schedule coming up, and the hurricane schedule is brutal, um, you know, difficult. New York, Tampa Bay, uh, skip ahead a little bit. Then you have uh, Capitals, Tampa Bay, back to back, almost to end the month. Uh, then you, you know, then you get back into April, and then also, you know, Colorado. Uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot going on. So yeah, uh, so keep that in mind as I'm going through. So you know, Boston's got better. The Panthers have made a couple of deals to get better. Um, the Avs have gone out. I don't think the Avs flashes are as big as they could be, but it ain't money. not as big. But there's lots yet. of time left. Yeah. And so then we start looking at well, who's left, and and how does that fit with Canes? My decision on whether or not the Canes should get to try and make a move and give up, you know value to get value because that's what you're going to have to do yeah so right now to me it's an overpay that uh you know the 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 panthers move uh with montreal for the the, the first round first sure hot just what yeah. an overpay in my estimation i mean not not that he won't help their team but oh my gosh if i'm don waddell i'm waiting till like two o'clock on monday to make another phone call because once teams have UFAs that they know are just going to walk if they don't make a deal in an hour, they have two choices. They can say, oh, we're just going to hang on to it, whatever. Or they can try and get something where they would otherwise get nothing, right? So Don still could get a steal if he's patient. Uh, some of the names are out there. Clutterbuck in New York, uh, going through Fords. Uh, Andrew Kopp is one from Winnipeg. 
who is he's 27 he's a pending ufa um uh last season was his best season 15 goals 24 assists like that's a name that's been thrown out there uh debrusque from the bruins is out there i don't think boston is going to be willing to trade in the east no um, i there's uh, guys like Max Domi as well, yep. uh, whose name has been uh, predominantly in a trade. Uh, and, and again, that's within the division. I do. And I mean, Columbus, they, I, they can't be under the illusion that they're, I mean, they're, they're 13 points out right now, 13 with the yep. number of games left. I'm sorry. There's not enough time. They've run out of racetrack. And so it's time to make a move. Is Max Domi a fit? Maybe he is. He might, he would, he would. Yeah, he, he could add something nice to the Hurricanes. But my question to you right now, as you kind of brought it up, have the moves that have already been made, some big names, the the improvements around the division and the conference right now, has that maybe chilled and frozen the Hurricanes to a position where they say, you know what, there's overpayments. We're not interested in overpaying. We like the talent that we have. We are a cup contender as is. Does it Freeze them out of trade discussion entirely. I don't think it does entirely because of the scenario I just gave. Like, if a phone call is made today and it's an overpayment call, I think Waddell's like, I'm not doing it and I don't blame it. If we don't make a move, we're still a cup contender. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be a harder hill to climb. Yeah. But we're still in it, right? Yeah. As as you approach the deadline, you know deals get better. It just it's just it is what it is. Because if you can, you know, if if you know, if I can give you something Ray, for free, or I can give it to you now and get something back that I know I'm going to lose anyway, it's just nature to say, hey, can I get a pick or a prospect or something for this? Right? Yeah. I mean, Toronto needs a goalie. You know, Kilgren, and I'm, that's the phonetic way. I don't think that's the way it's really pronounced. If they think that that's the answer to their goaltending problems behind Supreme Magic, that's not going to be it, I don't think. You know, Mark Andre Fleury is just sitting in black in, in Chicago, probably praying for a trade. You know, the Hurricanes should be looking for a top six winger. And if they can get an upgrade on defense, they should. And the reason it, it, for me, it all comes back to Ray is we all know that in a lot of ways, defense and particularly goaltending wins championships. Yep. When is the last time the Hurricanes have had a, a goalie tandem? Well, not even a tandem, a number one goalie who's having a Vesna season like Anderson. That's been a long time because Cam Ward, if you know, for, for younger Hurricanes fans, was not the starter all year. Martin Gerber no. was. Cam no. Ward came in in relief at the end of the year. And just happened to play stellar at the right time. Yeah, he, you have, lightning and lightning in a bottle. You have a top two in my in my opinion. The Vesna is either, um, uh, you know, Freddie's a top three guy, yeah, right? No question. 
To add to that, you have Auntie Ronta, who's playing lights out and could be a number one goaltender for if the Hurricanes would give him up, he could fill Toronto's. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like he's played good enough that he could be a, a number one guy on 20 out of 32 teams yep. tomorrow. Yep. And those opportunities don't come along very often. No, they don't. You know? No, they don't. I'll ask have the it. Buffalo Sabres, who have been in the league for over 50 years, how many cups they have. Because they're still waiting. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm picking on them because it's the one that jumps out to me. There are several teams in that position that have never won a cup. And they're not new teams, right? It's not Vegas and Seattle. It's Buffalo. It's, I feel like it's Vancouver. Um, did yeah. Winnipeg ever win a cup? You might know. Nope. I, I feel like they haven't. Like, nope. like these opportunities are rare to have the level of goaltending we've seen is the reason I want to make a move. If our goaltending yeah. is average, if we're if as good as um as good as uh our goaltending tandem was last year with Ned and with Mrazek and um, James Reimer. Yeah. I, 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 if we were in the same spot with those guys, I would not be as, you know, I wouldn't have the same desire for a push as, as Pat, because as though, as although they were very good and we had a legit chance, this goaltending duo we have, the way they're playing is special. Is. We could have them both back next year. And there is zero guarantee that they're going to have these kind of seasons. again. you just don't know. No, you're right. Right? You're right. You want to strike With while the iron's hot. Tandem, I feel like you have to, Don Waddell has to look at our goaltending situation and go, if we can score three goals a game, you're we can winning. win a cup. There's and no there, question. I looked it up last. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a second, Ray. So if you want to give me your thoughts, I'm going to look this up on Twitter because I looked up the numbers last night. Sure. You know, when I'm when I'm looking at this, uh, like uh, whether or not we're being frozen out and stuff, it's it's just with the only reason why I asked was was the market would determine what you're going to have to give up. You know what I mean? Like the market. And, and if there is a lot of overpayments, like the examples that you gave, um, if and, 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 and never mind the never mind the overpayments that are possible out there, we're still fighting against the cap as well. We've got to do a lot of mathematical gymnastics financially to make this work. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think the hurricanes have ever been this close to being at the cap in the past. I, I don't recall, especially or, or never the cap has become a more relevant issue for teams of late where it's actually like people, you know, the trades used to come by fast and furious all the time. Everyone. It's funny. We listen to TSN up here and the trade deadline day was always the most exciting, the most exciting day because people were moving all the time and stuff. And, and it was great. But the salary cap has kind of chilled that where things get very, very, very quiet because they can't necessarily make the moves that they want because we got to stay under the cap. And we have a little less than 1.8 million spent. Yeah. Some people would say KK was our KK was our deadline trade. And in some reasons, some ways I'd say that's true. Yeah. Especially with him on the second line. I think that's a huge investment and a huge upgrade. Yeah. If you can make 
a three-team swap. So a team can only retain 50% salary. This right. is a little nugget, folks. So if Carolina wants, um, I, you know, I don't think he's really available, but Klingberg, right? right? Dallas can hold on to 50% of his salary. But you can have Dallas move him to somebody else who then can also retain 50% of his salary, and then they can move him to Carolina. And Carolina's cap it is a 25%. That can't, those things can be done. Like there are ways. To, the yeah. Hurricanes, I looked it up last night. The Hurricanes are 32, 2, and 4 when they score three or more goals. That. You have a goaltending duo and a Jacob Slavin. Yeah. <laughs> if you can score three goals, and the playoffs are a different animal, and I know it can change, but I just feel like if you can score three goals a game in the playoffs where score yep. normally goes down, yes. Anderson and Ronta will take care of the rest. No question. Right. No question. Like, I, I, like that's that's my push. Now, if if it's if it's three oh five on Monday and we haven't heard anything, I, I'm okay with that. Like I, you know, if they're like we want Jarvis and Suzuki and your first and no, like that's ridiculous. Yeah. But if a deal comes along, that's a little bit of an overpayment, or it's more. I mean, our, our you know we've talked before about our our depth in in, in Chicago. If if you can move guys who, yes, they might be great talents five or six years from now for a cup this year, it's worth it. So no I'm not going to be upset either way, but I think, there is a, I think there is a way to make a move to make the team better, and I'm pushing for it mostly because our goaltending this year, and we have Jacob Slavin on defense heading that up, and, and, and the compliments around him are great too, but when you look at that, you go, this team can shut down Florida. This team can shut down Tampa Bay. This team can shut down the Avs. That's your major competition. No question. Right? It's so... Anyway, that's my soapbox. No, I... I you know what? And I'm, and I'm with you. I, I think I would like to see a move. And again, the results that we've had in the past tweaked it as well. Was... Was the Carolina Hurricanes in 2006 strong enough um, without adding guys like Doug Waite and Mark Recchi? It's nope. they weren't. You couldn't. They 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 were solid. They were great, but they weren't a cup contender. I don't believe. Like they came up big in that they caught lightning in a bottle, but they had the additions and the and the. Uh, you know, the veteran leadership that they needed. Guys making contributions, Wait and Recky were amazing. And I think Lavillette doesn't get enough credit for under and he he and, and and Jimmy for understanding that the league was serious about calling penalties and getting rid of the clutch and grab. And yeah. being one of the only teams to come out of the gate ready to play that style of hockey. I, I yeah. think I think the administrative staff and coaching staff should get so much more credit than we probably really give for that. But yeah, it was not, lightning maybe in the bottle. You, you said it. That was, that was I, I, I won't say it was a fluke, but they were the right guys at the right time. Yeah. And the, the right guys are out there for this hurricane squad right now. Um, which forward to add and what the cost is. We know that Rod. Coach Brenda Moore is happy with who he has. He's already said, we don't, 
if we don't move anyone, we're a cup contender and we're ready to go. And he'll have them ready to go. They've got the talent. I would just like to see. Uh, it, it's it's when everyone around you is getting better and you stand pat. I think you have to you have to move up with them or you get left behind. You know, somebody somebody made a point, and and I think there's two ways to look at it. Their point was, if you don't make a move, then the guys in the locker room think that you don't think this is the year. And I don't know that that's true in Rod Brindamore's clubhouse. I think mm-hmm. when, when Rod walks in the locker room and says, we can win with what's in this room, we're not going to make a deal. I think those guys nod their head and, and go, yes, coach. And, and I, I think it's almost the opposite. So I think it is the opposite. I think if when they don't, when they don't make a move and they're as strong as they are and they don't make a move, that's not, uh, that's not besmirching the effort they're, they're putting in and saying, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're not going to get a cup this year, but we're looking ahead to the future, blah, blah, blah. We want to keep this off. That's a statement that says we are, we are, we can be cup winners right here. And if it isn't broke, don't fix it. Like that's the, that's a, that's an injection of confidence more than anything saying that you're not making a move or whatever. When you make a move, it's the, it, that's what you're saying. It's that the team that we had wasn't enough. The team that we had wasn't enough. We needed to bring someone else in here and they have played so well all season long. And that camaraderie that they have, the, the, the bonding amongst this group is strong. Why, why mess around? Yeah. And, and, and to, so to that point, maybe Ray, maybe the, maybe the one thing that's left that is as important as the trade deadline, especially if we stand pat is playoff order. Right? Yeah. So it's it's Atlantic one versus um, wild card uh, one or two, depending on whether the Metro one or Atlantic one who finishes higher. Right. So if the playoffs started today, it's Hurricanes Bruins in the first round. Oof. And it's Panthers Capitals. Please, please, let's have it end like that. Yes. Be- right. Right. So because it, it, yeah, the Hurricanes have. Uh, completely dominated the Bruins. The Bruins want no part of this hurricane squad. None. And I don't care who they add to this team. They do not want to face this squad. They and don't. Panthers Capitals can just beat the, the snot out of each other. Oh yeah. Happy. Let that one go to seven games, every game in yep. overtime and just like. And, and then them... round two, and then in, in the other round one matchup that would be important here, really. I mean, one is Rangers, Penguins. The other one's Lightning, Leafs. Oof. And then the winners would be potentially Lightning, Panthers. So as important as pickups and trade deadline is how how is the bracket going to shake out? Because in a perfect world, like, I think in a perfect world, what I'm looking at in front of me works. Hurricanes play Bruins, and then they would play win- winner of Rangers, Penguins. Which yeah. is, like, much more than the path of Panthers play the Capitals. And then the light leaf play, and then you know potentially have Panthers lightning. So, of the Hurricanes' biggest challenges, three of them could potentially play the first two rounds, and just two of those get knocked out. And it's... then you're left with one of, you know, 
particularly Panthers, Lightning, but also Capitals, and whoever's in the West. That's a that's that's huge. If it's it Hurricanes, Capitals in the first round, totally different matchup, right? I'll, allow me to do a little cross pollination of sports that I love. Okay, please. And this is huge. It's March Madness. I love college basketball. College basketball is the purest form of the game. March Madness is just glorious. It is it is 1B to NHL playoffs 1A as far as excitement in determining a champion. In March Madness, where you are seated is so important to how you're going to get to the final four and maybe a championship. There are some brackets where uh, a certain team just lands in the right spot and their potential opponents all the way through, they match up well with everyone. There might be one team in their bracket that they would, it's not as good a matchup, could be more difficult, but the odds of actually meeting them in the end are as difficult as any. You know what I'm saying? Because anyone can beat anyone. We've seen it. Kentucky's gone. You know what I mean? Like this is, it's that sort of thing. So that brings the importance that you're talking about. How we match up and who we end up facing in the playoffs will be as important as the team that we have assembled. And if we've got a strong team assembled, ready to take on, there's some matches that are, are not as good for, for Carolina. That's just the way it is. We might not end up facing that until the very end or at all. That'd be nice. Or at all. So uh, thank you for allowing me that cross-pollination. March Madness Absolutely. is so dear to my heart. And I mixing, you know, mixing topics in the storm cellar. Uh, frowned upon you know we we shouldn't i mean we 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 love talking the hurricanes but that you just brought something up that struck a a chord with me especially for march madness where you're seated and how you go through as important as the team that you have there's always an element of luck i mean you know on on the western side of things you know in theory flames uh, avalanche would beat the conference championship oof and as good as both teams are, wouldn't it be great if they just beat the tar of each other as well? You know oh, what I mean? Like, yeah, you know. So, whew, I think we did a lot today. I feel like we, I've talked a lot today. <laughs> we've we've done we've covered a lot. There's a lot more to cover, depending on how. Now, how yeah, the next 24 hours? I, I was going to say. The well, next yeah, 24 hours uh, might give us a whole nother, you know, two hours of discussion to try to figure out. And, you know, we, we won't go two hours. Yeah. I'll, I'll say, <laughs> I'll say this is going to be very interesting. A little bit of pins and needles. Thankfully we have a, a Canes game to watch, to take us into the present instead of looking into the future and worrying about the future. We'll have to deal with the present. That game is going to be tough. Um, who else do we have this week as far as we've got the Rangers here Sunday afternoon. Let me quickly take a look here. Then we've got the Lightning on Tuesday at home. 
Mm-hmm. And the Dallas Stars on Thursday before we travel once again. So I guess let's make some predictions. Uh, we're at 15 now, 15 games straight with points at home. Sorry, we're at 14, not 15. 15 is the record. We're at 14 right now. What's your take? Do we break? Do they we break they the should record? be able to get points in all of these games. Yeah, there's New York is is playing pretty well, but there, you know, if Shesterkin is playing all out of his mind, that's a, that's a tough win. If he is uh, only very good, you get those points. Tampa Bay is always an enigma for me. I oh. feel like we we you know those those games always feel like they can go either way, and that's going back years and years. And then the Dallas Stars coming down. Dallas maybe is the one that I would pick to maybe be the toughest of the three because they are fighting for a wild card spot. Fighting for a wild card spot. And that big and physical. Is a big thing. Yeah. You know, so they're going to come in. You know, Klinkberg, you know, people still think that he's kind of on the market, maybe, or at least his name is still being tossed around. I don't think it is because as long as they have a chance to get in and they have, they have two games uh, on the Preds, I think, and they have four games on wild card two. Yeah. Like, like they can make a push. So I think of the three teams we're going to face at home this week, that is the most dangerous. It's hard to argue that Dallas has all, and Dallas has always, has always played Carolina tough, has always played Carolina tough. And if so, they were those ugly white space uniforms again, <laughs> those are hard to look at. That's just like double trouble. <laughs> Your uniforms are hurting my eyes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the neon—they um, have a thing about that, like the neon, and then there's the white spaceman uniform. Like, oh man, yikes! So we're—I'll uh, let, let you make a prediction this afternoon's game, uh, Rangers, Hurricanes. What do you got? Uh, I don't see the Hurricanes losing four in a row. So this is going to be a this is going to be the Canes by a couple. Yeah, I. I think this is going to be a tight game. Now, the, what I'm looking at here with the, the puck drop at 6 Eastern here, it says that expected is not Shesterkin. Expected oh, well, in there that. you go. Not expected him in that. Um, I don't think it, mat- like, it matters either way because Creeder is the guy you need to shut down. Guys like Fox are, are great. They've got, they've got a lot of uh, they've got a lot of talent in that in that squad, and I I I would see uh, I'd like to see maybe a three two victory, you know what I mean a three two win. Uh, I would say four two with the empty netter, but we've struggled with the empty net, so we'll stay with three <laughs> two and go that from works. there. And uh, that would bring us into a tie uh, for most point streak at home. Uh, making it to 15, just like the the cup-winning team in 2005-2006. And there's, I don't know if you're a relatively superstitious individual or yes. like, yeah, I, I have to tell you, when you see those numbers that match up teams that we had for the, the cup victory, the Eastern Conference final, the similarities are just too strong to ignore. There's reason to believe that we can go super far with this squad. I like it. 
Same. I like it, and I'd sure like to see them tie it tonight with a with a victory, especially against a, a Met opponent who's charging and, and who played to... last night. Um, I, I I don't I I don't, I only saw two minutes of the Rangers game last night, and it was the last two minutes, and they won the game. Uh, I think it was over Tampa Bay in the final like fifteen seconds. Yeah, and so they the should be Lightning... tired. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's that's what we need. And be and be angry. Play angry, guys. Like, don't hit come out. on the bench though. They don't like. No, yeah, no, 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 no slapping of the faces with your sticks, guys. We'll, we'll keep that one down. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. They're uh, they're really Brad. These are always. This is always fun. I always love our times to chat. It's great. Same. We have a good time in the storm cellar. Uh, and we hope that our listeners enjoy it as well. Uh, and a reminder to you out there, if you'd like to join us in the Storm Cellar, don't hesitate. Hit us hit us up. DM someone on, on Twitter. I mean, honestly, like, find us. Yeah, We'd Facebook love to page, talk. Twitter, email, 100%. Drop us, drop us a line. We want to find out from you why you're a Caniac, no matter where you are in the world. There are many of you out there who are as bright and smart as Brad and I, who love this team to its very core, and distance doesn't matter, right? Join Not us. Be a part of this show. Please. Really, there's nothing else to say, I guess, Brad, other than... Go Canes. Go Canes. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Ray and I greatly appreciate your support in helping us produce an informative and fun podcast. As always, we'd like to say that we believe hockey is for everyone, whether you're a Kaniac or a bunch of jerks doesn't matter, as we're just a couple of jerks anyway. We would love to hear your questions, comments, and suggestions. We will do our best to answer anything hockey-related. You can reach us via email at stormseller97 at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are at stormseller97. And on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormseller97.